Hey everybody, this is Ben, Kirsty's older brother, and I uh, assume she's gathered us here today for what can only be a great fun podcast. <laughs> Nothing but yucks. We're going <laughs> to laugh it up for the next couple of minutes and uh, lay it on us. Um, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was listening to I was listening to the start of your uh, most recent episode on the way over here. Yeah. And you were you were like, all right, this is episode four, or you know, chapter four, where things take a turn for the worse. It gets a bit serious. I'm like, this is the one where it gets <laughs> like I don't know if you've been listening to the past few episodes, but like, yeah. it reminded me of that that '70s show quote where Eric's like, um, he he's been uh, right, his dad. He's like, all right, fun time's over. And then Eric's <laughs> where like... Where the fun times? Yeah, where was I for fun time? That's, that, that's how I felt listening to that. I'm like, where was I for fun time? Yeah, I wonder what people would think. Because, I mean, when you're writing a book, what you submit is usually the first three chapters, like to publishers and stuff. So I have read them so many times that I have absolutely, like, they're just words on a page to me now. Mm -hmm. I have no emotional connection to them anymore. But this I hadn't listened back to in a little while between editing it and then doing the intro. So I was like, oh, man, like, that's so heavy. So for me it was like, yeah, sunshine and roses and... Like, you know, everything's just la-di-da-di-da. Um, and now we're... The anorexia chapter with sunshine and roses? <laughs> I just feel like a process okay. still, can I say? Fair enough. Far um, enough in the past. So... Also, Tina's here too. Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Kirsty. My brother is also here. And my mum, Tina, who you would, would have heard in the first two interview chapters or interview episodes for the first two chapters by the way the fans are loving your honesty oh thank you for that the myriad of about three people that listen to the podcast <laughs> so we are gathered here for yucks but um more yuck than yum let's mm. uh, I was proud of that one. <laughs> I'll just cut that out so I sound cool. I So we talked in the last chapter, chapter four, No One Laughs at God in a Hospital, about my diagnosis with giant cell tumour, a spinal tumour, former spinal cancer, which is a jelly-like tumour um, that was... Yeah, had eaten my entire vertebra and some of my rib. You're, even your spine's got to be dramatic, doesn't it? <laughs> my spine is the least dramatic part of me. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I, I think, because I get like body pain, I'm like, oh, it'd be so nice to be a head in a jar. And then I think, no, that would be just as painful an existence because my brain is so against me <laughs> but but that comes way later <laughs> so i i have a rec by the way we're going to be contending with a few little cat noises here and there it's around cat dinner time and i'm still looking after 
mum's cats and my own. So there are four cats currently staring at us in the dining room begging for food. Cat noises, cat smells. All of the above. Yeah. Cat fur, cat dander making you two sneeze. Just so many cats. So my recollection of the first official diagnosis after, you know, six months of of pain and not understanding what was going on um, is going to my GP who I've been going to since I was a child uh, just locally and going with dad of all people which is weird and being told then that a scan had come back with this tumor I remember doing a x-ray prior to that and nothing had shown up. So I think this was an MRI or a CT. I don't remember coming home and breaking the news to you guys at all. And I was wondering if either of, either of you have a memory of that or what you remember of finding out about the diagnosis to begin with. I remember the lead up more than that actual occasion, which had to do with you uh, holding your rib and just because you were teaching a lot of yoga at the time, assuming that you had a sprained muscle and that you subsequently saw quite a few specialists, none of which really could solve the problem for you until you went to a physio that highlighted the fact that you were too young and too fit to have been as sore as you were for as long as you had been, which in my recollection was about four or five months, and that she was the one that sent you for the scan, and that's when everything changed. Yeah, I, I do remember, remember her. I saw her once, and she said all right, great, I'll see you next week after our appointment. And then she said, but be honest with me next week. Don't sugarcoat how you feel. Don't say, oh, yeah, I think maybe I feel better. If you don't, um, be really honest. And if you feel nothing, no change, I want you to go to your GP and get a blood test because something else could be wrong. It could be referred pain from your organs or something like that and that's what we did and I guess they must have found you know enough of a, a spike in white blood cells or something to then start ordering the scans. My, uh, my recollection of it I guess that comes a bit further into the process. I, yeah I don't remember those like early days so well but the the main recollection I have of of finding out about your diagnosis is was us three at a hospital and uh, there was like some doctor coming out to talk to us about it and show I think you must have had an x-ray or something so he put that up on the screen he was talking very matter-of-factly like we all knew about like this like how serious it was I guess mm. but it certainly caught me off guard and like I think that was the first time like I don't think he used the word cancer or like tumor or something but uh, it was something along those lines. And that was the first time I was hearing. I was like, holy shit. And so I remember feeling like a bit lightheaded in that moment. And while he's like talking and then you, you were kind of like leaning up against the wall and you just like slumped down. I did? Yeah. 
you were like basically like you know curled up like you know uh with your feet up against your chest against the wall while he was like like while the doctor is like telling us all this information and this was in the hospital do you remember this yeah like i don't know if it was like an actual hospital or a clinic of some kind was it the surgeon i I have no idea who it was but it was like obviously someone who like was examining the x-rays and stuff like it seems like he was like ahead like a like five steps ahead of all of us you know like I was like obviously That's if we were crazy. if we were at the hospital we like we must have known like it was like something serious. Yeah. But um I guess the like, level Yeah, like there was no uh like easing you into like, hey, we know might this might sound scary, but we found like a tumor or whatever. It was like we obviously all know about it, so here's the scan, and here you can see how like how it know, wraps around your spinal right. cord, and you you know you could be paralyzed if you will be paralyzed if we don't do the surgery, but you could be paralyzed by the surgery. That's really crazy. I don't remember that at all. But that doesn't surprise me because I feel like that was one of those moments. Like I remember, like I said, I was like a bit like lightheaded, and you know, my like I was standing up. I didn't have to sit down like you did. Yeah. But, like, if it's like that uh, Saving Private Ryan moment where, you know, the, the bomb goes off and you just hear that high pitch, like, Pee! and, like, yeah, tune yeah. out, like, you can't focus on anything else. Like, I've, of course, mm. you're going to, like, black out after you're trying to, like, you know, your brain goes on overload when you're trying to process that for the first time. That's, but, but honestly, it's so weird. I mean, I'm, I'm really fascinated. I'm glad we're having this conversation because... What I write in the book is my memory of hearing it for the first time. And I remember being shocked and kind of like taken aback. And like I say in the book, entering some kind of like sunken place. But I remember, but I don't remember like that, you know, like I don't remember being paralyzed by shock really or like... Like, uh, that sounds like an anxiety attack, really, and falling to the floor. Like, that's totally repressed. And I find it interesting because, like, even just this week, my therapist has encouraged me to keep letting my tears flow because we think that I'm starting to unlock some of the trauma that's stuck in my body. And I know that there's so much still in there from this surgery and everything that happened and I just hasn't been able to release. Um, and I guess there's just so many memories like that that I just like, like shock that I just ha- that I just don't know that are there. But Ben has reminded me that you were actually in the hospital before you had the surgery, which was actually two years down the track. Yeah. And I had forgotten that because I remember the specialist in St. Kilda when we went to see him. He was the first one that said you had a tumour. And I can remember him saying, what do you do for a living? And you said you were a yoga teacher mm. and I was watching his face, not yours. And his face just fell. 
Oh. At that moment when you said that. And then especially afterwards when you're like, and I'm mostly I'm an expert in backflips <laughs> and uh, backspin. I'm one of those gymnasts, like those tiny little Asian gymnasts that puts their feet over their heads. Yeah, I just, I just took up acrobatics so fine, and breakdancing. Right? And he said, I want you to go to the hospital right now, to, today. Mm. I want you to go home and pack your bag and go to the hospital today. But by the time we got home, we got a call that said, um, don't worry, we're not going to put you in today. But I had forgotten that you still did go in. And I can't mm. remember if it was... A something biopsy. tells me it was a week that you were in there, but it was really, it was to do subsequently more tests. And I think at the end of that week, they had intended to do the surgery, but at that point, your surgeon did a major, major consult with lots and lots of doctors from different areas, and that's when they decided to go on the trial mm. medication that, uh, that prolonged or at least delayed the operation yeah. for almost two years. So I, I, I hadn't remembered till Ben said that, that you actually had been in the hospital in the interim as well, close to the diagnosis. So that was, that was really when they were trying to decide how soon do we have to take this out and yeah. what's the best way of doing it. Yeah, that, that was crazy when they were just like, I guess maybe that appointment or something where they were, that you're talking about, Ben, where they told us the situation and then literally that same day told us to go to the hospital for spinal surgery. Like it sucked having to wait, you know, a couple of years. It really, really sucked through that treatment. Um, but not even be able to prepare yourself mentally at all is, is also terrifying. So I don't know what's worse. But yeah, I remember going to the hospital. I don't, I don't know how long it was. I remember they needed to do like some kind of biopsy. And um, yeah, that's how mm. we found out like that it was giant cell tumor and... And that's when they, they thought about what's the full palette of options that are available to us. And they decided to slow things down mm. rather than get in there and take it out right away, particularly because it was jelly. Not, not so gross. Not solid. Not solid. Yeah. <sighs> Does anyone else have any final thoughts? Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie Fifty Fifty with Jonah Hill? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You don't have like a strong <laughs> reaction to it, though, or recollection. Wait, no. I think is that the one with what's his name when he has cancer? Yeah, Jonah Hill's got cancer. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Well, uh, no, I'm just thinking of Fifty Days of. Summer or something. 500 Days of Summer? Yeah, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> It's basically the same movie. With, who's that guy? Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. <laughs> from, not, what are you guys doing? Not from 30 from. It'll, I'm going to bring this all around. It, all, see. it all, all comes full circle. Yeah. Was the show he started out in? <laughs> oh, Third Rock from the Sun. There we go. Yeah. I said, not Dirty Rock. No. But they're uh, all very close. 
I, I can oh, see how you got there. For thank sure. you. Uh, no, the fifty. Now, now you now you're messing me up. Fifty fifty. A good good movie. But I remember watching it on an airplane about this time. I think I was going to America, and so it's just one of the in-flight options. Mm. And it's like, oh yeah, Jonah Hill comedy. That'll be fun. Oh. And it was like a basically like right after you'd got your diagnosis. Oh dear. And it's weirdly similar to your story. Oh, like yeah. like he's got this rare form of cancer, and it, I, like it's been a decade since I saw it, but I'm pretty sure it's like a spinal cancer. Yeah. And so like the whole movie, I'm like, well, I've started this, I can't bail out yeah. now, but like after what, like watching it after knowing what you're going through, yeah, it was like so emotional. Yeah, of course. And so like I'm like watching this movie in like the middle of the plane, like tears streaming down my face. Yeah. Just like bare white knuckling, like <laughs> on my seat, and I'm like, if this motherfucker dies, like yes. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, like no one on this plane is gonna be able to like handle being around because I'm like I, I was on my own, like I didn't, yeah. I just had strangers either side of me, yeah, probably like. Like, I, I, you know, I was probably trying to hide the fact that I was, like, freaking the fuck oh out. Oh, my God. But even so, I'm, like... Yeah. I'm, you know, doing my best to contain it. But if, if I get to the end of the movie and it's, like, <laughs> him lying in a coffin and it's, like, well... Like, that was fun! Yeah, the, what, what do we learn? Don't get a spinal tumour. And if you do... Wah, wah. Yeah. Oh my god, I wasn't expecting to laugh at this. I told you it would be for yucks. Yeah, for yucks, you did. It reminds me of um, when I watched A Star is Born on the Plane. First of all, we all saw it together and I was like hysterically sobbing. Yeah. I remember. And again, I mean, similarities to my life, but that's to come. I don't want to give too much away. So you look forward to those yucks, guys. I also don't want to spoil the end of either 50-50 or your book, so I won't say <laughs> if anyone lives or dies. No, no, yeah. thank you. appreciate that. Um, and I watched it again on the plane, and I, again, was alone like you were. And I was sat next to a little boy who was probably about four, and his mum was on the other side, and I was on the aisle. And I was just like sobbing <laughs> and I couldn't like I was not even trying to contain it I was a hysterical mess and I look at over at the little boy and he's just like looking at me wide-eyed and horrified <laughs> and his mom's like mouthing are you okay? I'm like, thumbs up. Like, it was, it was so good. It's just such a good, it's so emotional movie. Oh, I'm so fine. And she leaned over that child and was like, and that is why we don't want you to make you a star. <laughs> oh, God. Well, thank you for the yucks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The best episode of Kirsty's podcast ever. Sadly, that's probably true. Signing off. Peace out. See you, campers. <laughs> well, as always, thank you so much for listening. It's it's just wild. I've received some really amazing feedback um, this week in my DMs and the fact that I'm able to um, touch your hearts in one tiny little way or that you can even relate to a part of, of this story makes it worth it. Because it was, 
it was tough to live the first time and really tough to relive. So yeah, that's probably why it took me somewhere close to seven years to get to this point now. But that's okay. I gave myself 10. So we got there. Just before we completely sign off, I have added another one of my songs at the end of this show. The, As you know, the chapters all have songs associated with them, most of which are other artists and not mine. But I like to share the music that I've made over the years um, when I can, which is often in these interview episodes. So I, I'm sharing a song called Left Out at Sea with you. This song has been with me since, oh my God, since I was like 19 or 20, which is a long time ago. And it's one of those songs that I love so much. I love performing it live. I love the way it sits in my voice. I love the way it builds and ebbs and flows. But I cannot record a version I am happy with. I have tried many times. I love performing it live. My favorite memory of performing this song live is with a four-piece band. And it was it like I in that moment I was like, "Oh, this is how it's supposed to sound." Like I'm finally I'm hearing it exactly how I hear it in my head. Because when you get into a recording studio, it's pretty sterile, you know, and you're singing in a box and you're alone and you don't have the energy of the band or the audience around you. It's a very, very different experience and I'm not good at it. But this version um, was recorded. This is one of the versions I attempted to record professionally. And I think it's an interesting version. It's very different to how I perform it live, but I still think it's it's pretty cool. So I'm going to add that on and I'll share a live performance f- again from about 10 years ago um, on the socials. So on Instagram, guys, I'm trialing TikTok. Honestly, makes me feel 102. I'm, I don't want to chat to the camera. I'm, I'm very happy chatting to you guys here and running my mouth. But having to like fit within the realms of a certain time limit, they won't let me share my own music, which is pissing me off. <laughs> it's it, I'm finding it really difficult, but I will share the video of um, of the song there as well. I'm pretty sure the TikTok handle is just the same thing at Gutter Glitter Memoir. So if you are in the TikTok verse, um, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry for you and myself that we've we've gotten to this point in our lives um but yeah maybe it'll grow on me like a cancer uh see what I did there full circle I should edit that out but I'm not going to because I'm extremely lazy and dark humor is kind of what we're going for here so if you haven't gotten on board with that yet you're probably not gonna like the rest of the book (laughs) So the song is called Left Out at Sea. If people like it, I'll make it available 
for download somewhere in the ether of the internet. I have a distribution channel for my official songs, but um, yeah, we'll see. So I mean, if you like it, let me know, and I'll and I'll and I'll make it I'll make it available. If you hate it, please say nothing because you know I don't deal with criticism well. Why I'm a creative, I don't know. Okay, well, as always, please like, review, star, whatever, my pod, my show. The best thing you can do is actually share it with people. If you have someone in your life who knows, who you know can relate to some of the stories that I tell or would just find it interesting, if you can pass it on to them, that would be fantastic. Anyway, I will talk to you next week when we get to chapter five, I want to say. Chapter five? Yes, I think it is. Thanks again to my mum, Tina, and my brother, Ben, for joining in this discussion this week. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Testing, testing. Hello, fans. Hello, campers. Campers. Hello, America.